Pack Box Talk, and this is Horse Stories with a Purpose. Who are we? We are equine educators, but we are owners. We are judges. We are competitors. We are coaches. We are volunteers. We are moms. We are horse owners just like you, and we want to share our horse stories with a purpose. to Extension Horses Tech Box Talk Series, Horse Stories with a Purpose. I'm Dr. Chris Heine with Oklahoma State University, and today we actually have a special guest, Olivier Farney. Is that right, Olivier? Absolutely. And you originally are from Switzerland. Exactly. I speak French. Speak French mainly, but we're going to ask you to stay with English for this one. I will try. Do your best. <laughs> Do my best. Exactly. So you're originally from Switzerland, and you moved to the U.S. about three years ago? Yep, exactly. Okay. And currently you are, you wear a couple different hats. You're a farrier, uh, instructor, horse trainer, kind of all of the above, but more in the Western discipline these days? Well, I come from uh, 20, more than 20 years of uh, competing in dressage. And um, I move in Western riding in Switzerland. And also uh, in the horsemanship uh, working and when I came here in Arizona, I realized um, two things. The, um, most of Westerner, uh, on the Western style, uh, needs some of, uh, and can benefit from some, some of the dressage guidances mm -hmm. and the structure, the logical structure of the dressage. And uh, some dressage guy here uh, would be probably better writer if they are a little bit more open to flexibility and some of the interesting uh, work that the uh, horses on Western uh, and especially cow working are, okay. are doing. So with the two parts of this knowledge, I'm, I offer to some of my vision and the field. I open another field. Uh, it could be for training. It could be for also for the rider to consider and to look at his horse a little bit differently. So kind of a mix of, you said dressage that was competition based. And I know when we were chatting a little bit beforehand, you said um, you follow also some of our, our, what we call our natural horsemanship people here in the U.S. So you said Ray Hunt was one of your uh, influences. So you're kind of trying to marry those two worlds together. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think the, the paradox of this time is... A long time ago, a lot of people spent a lot of time with their horses. They were workers and there were no vets, very less. There were no, all those professional guys about talking about training, about how do you feed the horse, behaviors and all this uh, gigantic market, if I may say so. Uh, and now we have all these accessible informations everywhere. You can, there is no excuse to not be aware. If I, right, if I right. can say that, you, you just can open your computer and you find a lot. The problem, how to find the good information mm -hmm. and how to exactly know what you really need. So we have that paradox that now a lot of more people have some knowledge, but we clearly, and when, we, when we, you have a discussion with an old guy, old professional guy, you see that lack of practitioner, lack of knowledge. Uh, to be useful, to be practical, because people take less, less, and less time sure. with their horses. Yeah. And that's the advice I, I, I 
gave some time to my customer spend time with your horses and you don't even to do nothing just look at them even they are in the pasture together you're going to learn a lot a lot a lot just by looking so that's that's a little bit so it's probably a little bit of our you know current society time strains like oh i've got 45 minutes to get to the barn yeah. spend the horse get back home yeah. to do all of the other things like we just don't have timer a lot of people don't live with them like you mentioned yeah. you know you used to the horse lived at your house right yeah. uh but now for a lot of our horse yeah. owners they get to see them a couple times a week yeah that's um that could be a, a problem but it's not if we teach correctly the people that if the less time they have they pr probably have to be a little bit more humble with the exercise that they're asking for and a little bit consistent and a little bit more clear what they're asking for to the horse and and be happy with very simple things and that's the see the thing i see with all my clients i always come back to the basic every time every time and and depending where the the, the problem are but consistently we go back to the basics just make the join up make the relationship increase your relationship the horse have to be focused i i always say if, if your horse is not with you or at least focus with you on the ground. How do you want that guy to be focused with you when you're on his right. back, really? <laughs> and and speaking like that, and, and doing a short exercise, give them the, the satisfaction to to get back to some uh, logical structure of progress. You see the mountain, you know you want to go up the mountain, but you have to go step by step, and you, you go, I'm going to go there. And there and there and you base a logical exercise and that's the thing that missed I, I see that most is a logical structure of physical and mental exercise also two parts are different and and to we do that quite well with our child I don't know some, do some people yeah. no, but, Let's usually, not yes, but usually most of them are quite are quite logical <laughs> i do the same thing i teach uh, a lot of dog lessons so that's what i do for hobbies and you see the same thing they expect yeah. they why wouldn't they just not know the things without spending time to, to yeah. teach them that so i want to ask some specific questions so you said that you're a, a farrier so what kind of issues and we all know that it happens right so the horses that aren't very nice or kind to the farrier are not really fun to work on so what are some of the the behavior problems that you have experienced or seen um, as a farrier? Okay, so first of all, we have to say that shoeing a horse, making corrective shoes or trimming, sometimes for some horses and for some good or bad reason, whatever, it's not exactly the best experience and the most funny things to do first. So as a farrier, we have to find a way to make first the horse comfort and it's not only comfort about physical or the environment but it's also to find a way that he's gonna be collaborative he's gonna work with you so I have but questions about that because it you know some farriers i guess are more patient than others so is that about an owner trying to find a fear that is willing to take some more time with them or how do we do, how do we find the right person for that horse? Well, I think if 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 you find a farrier who uh, is not only technically experienced but also take the time to create sort of a relationship with the horse because it's really a partnership. You can't you have to work on a team working, 
And sometimes it's funny when I have a horse who is not very collaborative, I drop off the foot and say, hey, buddy, it's a team working. I need you to do that job. I can't do that alone. I literally speak to him like that. And uh, believe me or not, but sometimes it works. Sometimes yeah. it works just, but it works also because uh, usually we have to take the time. First of all, a horse farrier should have to walk his horse first every time he comes. Because if there is a lame after... So you want to be able to work, see your horse's tracks before you Exactly, exactly. And that time, it could be three minutes, two minutes, Was it? it's not so much. But if you do it correctly, if you're really with him, focus. That's having discussion with the clients, whatever. Just you and him or her. That's it. You're going to create that connection. And that's going to make a huge difference. That's the thing. On the other part, of course, education, uh, behaviors, good behaviors, is clearly the responsibility of the owner. So sometimes you have to say to the customer, hey. Uh, do you tell yeah. them that? Like, hey, yes. I need you to do, yes. do specific yes. no, things? No, I'm very I'm honest. And you know what? That's, it's a hard job, honestly. It's really physically, sometimes mentally. The beauty of that job, there is something. It's buying new tools, um, participating on Congress and uh, clinics because it's really super fun to find other colleagues around the world with other experiences. And uh, also can choose your clients and there is a lot of people around the world you have people you have very good uh, very good feeling natural everything is easy and sometimes you don't know why it's not like that the world is big so just just we, we can do another way and then sometimes if you if you don't find a really good collaboration a good understanding because it also have to be a good collaboration with the customer mm -hmm. with the clients so what would be the biggest suggestions if you were gonna um Say you were going to talk to a new client or, or a customer that you said, hey, uh, I need your horse to be able to be a little, a little nicer, a little better trained for me, for us to be able to have this relationship. What are some basics that you would give advice to go work on with your horse? Or what do you really want to see in that horse that has a good relationship with you? Take your time. Take your time. Be patient. But take your time. Don't go there and just, oh, I have a few minutes to do that and that, and I have to do it uh, and I want to clean the food immediately, but I have it on a hurry. No. Okay. Or so it doesn't have a lock in the Slow down a little bit. No. So, so take your time. And um, I show them sometimes how to relax also them using okay. a little bit massage. Uh, therapies would be good, but just massages. Who are you massaging? The owner horses. or the horse? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the horses. What do you need them to and, calm uh, down? <laughs> also, uh, a thing that you find uh, a lot of in the horsemanships type, um, is using correctly the two concepts of pressure and rhythm. Okay. Just for an example, if you take a foot of a horse who is a little bit with tension, with nervosity, kind of stuff like that, you're going to have to take sort of a movement with his hoof. You can circle him with a certain type of nice, soft, smooth pressure and soft of rhythm until you're able to put that hoof very, very nicely to the ground and the horse doesn't stand up just like that. And, and it's very easy to do. And even some spooky horses can relax in a few seconds. And that the magic things with the world, with the, with the horses, sorry, uh, is when they get it, they get it immediately. Okay. So you all, it, it's still also another thing. If I have something doesn't work, you know, 
Stop doing consistently the same mistake. Stop it because probably you're asking something wrong. Right. And ask yourself what the hell I'm asking or how I'm asking correctly to that course. Find another way. Be creative. Okay. And you are free to some 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 people the horse specialist tell you, oh can I do that? Because it's not very I say, whatever. Does it work or not? Yes, it works. Do it. Just do it. Yeah, it's not academic, of course, but do it. Okay. Find a way to do it. Be creative. And so, yeah, take your time. Of course, I give them some, not tricks, but some, some, some advice. Also, be, be creative and, and, and patient and also consistent. I think we're living in a very fast world with a lack of consistency. And animals, you can have discussion with circus, guy who is working with tigers, lion, elephant, giraffe. They can all say the same thing. If you do the same process in the same time with the same movement at the same moment, Animals have, most of them, a huge memory, mm -hmm. visually, but also with numbers. If you repeatedly do a, a certain movement on a certain type at a certain mm -hmm. moment for a certain numbers of movements, they're going to record it like that. Sure. So use it. It's a fantastic tool that we can use. And, and especially with horses who are nervous, uh, memory, a horse I got a year ago now who was completely freaked out with humans. It takes me a week to approach him, at least a week. And still today, this guy needs the things to be done very, very in a certain order when you approach him, when you put him in the halter to keep this guy quiet and calm and confident. And it's impressive to see this guy when you approach him every, he's still after a year now, he's quite concerned. So you feel the tension, the tension on the horse, and after a few minutes, by doing those processing process uh, movement or things that you have to do around him, right? So yeah, people always forget that horses; those bad memories tend to stick around a lot stronger in them sometimes that our normal low key uh, actions have. Yeah, so but they're way really better powerful. than human. Because you, as human, we have to go to the psychiatrist for a year and explain why we, how we grow up and how we, <laughs> to, uh, you know what I mean? Sure. Horses, they switch like that. If they understand real, a minute after. Last year, we got uh, uh, at the symposium, him Tucson, um, Angelo Telatin, who exactly demonstrate how fast a horse can change of behavior uh, just because... He was teaching him the right thing at the right moment. He was very good on the timing and mm -hmm. the feeling, of course. That's another two concepts which are really useful. Right. So timing and feeling doesn't always come naturally to people. No, of course. And that's a part of uh, my job. That, to make the long story short, I try to match, if I can, as, as much as I can, the character of the horse and the character of the people. And when you have a high-energy horse with a high-energy problem, that could be sometimes a problem, yes. But we have to teach also people a lot of things to... Sure. A lot of emotion that yes. comes along with yes. horses. Yes, absolutely. So, and when I say if you can't control your emotions, how, how would you expect the horse to control yeah. his? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, you have to model that for them. Yes, and naturally looking for some of a leader, leadership, it's another conception that... We have to understand, and being a being a leader for a horse is uh, is a very good uh, project for any riders. Right. So, any other uh, final tips that you would want your uh, your clients or horse owners to take away if they're looking to have a really good relationship with their horse? 
the, the first thing would be, again, uh, take your time and before you do whatever you want to do with your horse, check your horse. Not physically if the hoof is good and the, the hair is okay and the eyes is okay. Well, no. Just the mood of the day. They're like us. They're like us. Some days are really cool and right. some days, uh-uh. No, I think a lot of people expect them to be robots or a bike you get onto. Yeah, you're going on it and yeah, they're all mine. Do it. No, it's <laughs> not. If you if you if you open your mind or your heart, it's more a question of heart than mind. You don't have to be smart to do that. You just have to be sensitive and just look at your horse a little bit differently. Of course, you don't want to be make too much anthropomorphism. Morphism. That's another problem. That's a big you go English word. Good job. <laughs> You go to the other side, of course, but ju just look at it and, and, and then take your time and give him the right to fail. Because they fail, because you fail sometimes, you're going to learn something and they're going to learn. If you try to constantly correct everything, like a mother will overprotect the kids, you're going to cut the experience. And that's a very important thing. Fail. Fail every day, do it. That's and be creative question. because if you do that, you're both going to learn something. And if you're both going to learn something, your connection is going to be like that, way better, way stronger. And that could be sort of uh, an advice for any type of work, any type of horse. Of course, the first objective is to be safe. Right. Then you can be relaxed right. and enjoy it, both of them. Writers and horses. Great tip. I remember I had a had a lesson once. So this again on the on the dog side of things that my instructor said something to somebody else that I just stuck with and have used that forever. So uh, the the dog again in the circumstances had not done something right, and the owner was a little unhappy. And the instructor just said, "It's just information." He just told you, I just yeah. don't understand it. So taking those failures yeah. and just saying, I, I work just in this direction a lot with, especially riders who compete because the expectation is higher. Of course, you invest a lot of energy and, and you can feel sometimes some deception. Uh, and I use exactly the same word. It's, it's an information and you have to put your emotions. I know it's not easy, but when you come on that horse, please, your emotions stay at home. It's not your problem. Sometimes if the horse is overactive, that's his problem. You have to manage it. You're not going to find the solution for everything. He's not a kid. Let him do it and don't react. And sometimes it's like uh, young kids at home. Sometimes no answer and no, no, no overacting is the good answer. Okay. Sometimes. Well, thanks so much for visiting with me today. I hope our listeners enjoyed uh, having a little different perspective from our combo dressage, Western horsemanship, farrier, man of all trades. <laughs> so perfect. Thanks again, Olivia. Thank you.